Well, Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you've joined us tonight. Um, one of the things that we do at Veritas every week is we just open the scriptures and uh, just try to learn from his word and see what he has for us. And, and tonight, Brian read Mary's prayer, the famous prayer that she prayed after the angel came to her to announce that she would be giving birth to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this, there's a Christmas hymn that was written about 150 years ago, almost, almost a couple hundred years ago uh, by now. And I think it's, it's a hymn that captures Mary's prayer and the tone of it. It's, this, it's the hymn, What Child Is This? And really that's the question we're asking tonight as we come and reflect on Jesus Christ being born into this earth. What child is this? What child is this that a couple thousand years later, we would still be gathering to talk about and worship and praise. And this hymn has been described as haunting and beautiful. And I think that is what Mary felt when she prayed. You see this in her prayer in Luke 1. And as she's, you know, reflecting on this, this privilege that is hers of giving birth to the Messiah. And I think those are exactly the emotions that we should feel tonight. The, the emotions of this is so beautiful, and yet it's a little haunting to think that we are in the presence of God himself. So have you ever seen something so beautiful that it was, it was so beautiful and amazing, it almost felt haunting to you? I remember a, a couple years ago, I was with some friends at, um, at Yellowstone National Park, and we were at the, the Yellowstone Grand Canyon, and, and we're overlooking these waterfalls and these amazing rock formations. And, and you have the sense that as you're walking down, like, if I fall, like, I'm going to die, right? There's, there's something that's so amazing about and majestic about what you're seeing, or maybe it's a time you, you looked into the and saw the vastness of the universe, and you realized how, how seemingly infinite the universe is and how finite you are, uh, those, those moments of feeling such, such awe that it, that it almost is a little bit haunting. Well, Mary was going to give birth to God, and this is her response in, uh, in Luke 1. She said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I think this is the beautiful part about Christmas, is that Mary was this teenager living in poverty, and God comes to her, and she knows full well that she has no business being the one to, to carry Jesus. And so this is the beauty of Christmas as we reflect on this, this question, what child is this, is that everyone is welcome. Every single person is welcome to come and receive their king, Jesus. Jesus is the king of kings for everyone, not just the privileged and the rich and powerful and famous, or not just the king for the humble poor, right? He's the king for everyone. We see the shepherds and the wise men. Everyone is welcome to the first Christmas, which I think is, is so beautiful. And so in this hymn, What Child Is This? There's this line that says, come peasant king to own him. Whether you're a peasant or whether you're a king, you are welcome to come. 
I was a little confused by the, by, the, by the phrase where it says, come peasant king to own him. What does that mean? Like, I'm going to get ownership of Jesus? Is, what does that mean? Well, it's this old English word that to own something meant to acknowledge it. So the only way we really use this in modern English is when we say to own up to something. You got to own up to it, right? We know what that is. Uh, it's not that we got to possess it. We've just got to admit, we've got to acknowledge that something is true, that we, we did something. Usually it's something bad. So when I was a kid, any, any kids in this room ever like broken a window with like a baseball or soccer ball or something? We, we did this. I mean, our neighbors on all sides of our home uh, had windows broken. I mean, the year we got a uh, bow and arrow and we thought it would be a good idea to shoot it up. And, it, you know, it's like, landing in our neighbor's roofs and stuff. We still have to own up to some of that stuff that we never did. But uh, when you break a window, because they, they, what they don't know won't hurt them, right? Um, but the soccer ball to the neighbor's window and the shatter, we had to own up to that, right? Because there was no hiding from the shattered window. And I remember that moment of realizing, oh no, we've got to walk over and we've got to own it. We've got to own up to it. Well, that's what that line means in that hymn. This is actually how you celebrate Christmas, is you own up to it. Well, what do you own up to? You own up to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the Savior who came to die on a cross for our sins who was buried, was raised from the dead. We own up to the fact that he is the Lord. Well, how do you own up to it? If that's how you celebrate Christmas, how do you own up to it? Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it's very simple. If you, that's the verse that tells you how to become a Christian is you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Saved from judgment, saved from death, saved from an eternal separation from all that is good and beautiful, right? You will be saved. Okay, this sounds simple, doesn't it? I mean, who wouldn't do this? Who wouldn't own up to this? This sounds like the easiest thing ever to own up to, right? Like it's one thing if you have to walk over to your, your neighbor's house and own up to breaking their window and, and the fear of what might come. But how hard is it to own up to the fact that, you know, Jesus wants to forgive you of all your sins and save you? That seems like the easiest thing ever, right? Well, this is where Christmas and Mary's prayer gets a little, a little haunting, because listen to what she says in verse 51. She says, he has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones. 
He has sent away the rich empty. Here's the problem. The problem is that it's hard for the rich, educated, prosperous people to receive their king. Why? Because they have so much to lose. If I invite his lordship into my life, what will he ask of me? What will he ask me to do? His lordship threatens this empire that I've spent my entire life building. Okay, Luke 10, Jesus says this. If you continue reading after Mary's prayer and you get to Luke 10, it says at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and you have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. I love it that Christianity and this message of Jesus is not rock and science. I love it that it's so simple that any four or five-year-old child can understand. I'm a sinner and Jesus is my only hope. And I want to say to the, the children in here, would you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord even tonight? Would you just acknowledge that, yes, you have done some bad things, right? But Jesus came for you. He died on the cross for you. And he was raised from the dead so that you don't ever have to be afraid of dying or anything. Because he's alive and he wants to take you with him. I want to speak to the older people. I just, in the foyer, uh, a brother just told me that his, his brother-in-law, 60 years old, is uh, just struggling for his life right now, this very moment, and we prayed for him. We have no idea when the end is going to come for us. Are we ready to face Jesus Christ, the King? Are we willing to own up to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord? The people that accept Jesus and love Jesus in his ministry are the poor people the prostitutes, the shepherds, the dirty shepherds, the repentant tax collectors, and the people who had a really hard time with Jesus were the powerful political and religious leaders. I think Mary's prayer is so beautiful because it brings these ideas together. Hey, come everyone, come peasant, king, and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is beautiful, but it's a little haunting because are you ready to own up to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ? What does he ask of us? Well, he can ask anything of us. He's the Lord. But he definitely asks us to admit that we are sinners and that we are in desperate need of his mercy and grace to forgive us our sins. And so that's the great news. I'm inviting you tonight to receive your king. So as it turns out, owning up to our sin is one of the hardest things to do in this life. But you know, as a kid, when we busted our neighbor's window, I mean, it shattered. We knew right away. He heard it. It was this older guy we didn't know really well. So we were 
pretty terrified to go over to his house. And we went over because we had to, rang the doorbell. We stood there just kind of shaking. And he came out, he came to the door and we said, we're so sorry. He goes, I know, I heard it. And he got a big old smile. And I still remember he had a gap in his teeth and he just had the sweetest smile. And he's like, it's no problem. That stuff happens all the time. And you know what's amazing? The fear that we had to go own up to it. We were not expecting to receive that kind of grace and mercy. But I'm telling you, owning up to your sin and receiving Jesus, you will find his smile, his grace, and there is no sin that's represented in this room that he cannot smile and say, I forgive you. Your debt has been paid on the cross. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. That's the great news of Christmas. As we know, Jesus is not a baby anymore. He is the king. He is the Lord. You know, I have a lot of people, uh, well, a few people, and, and a lot of people are thinking this. They'll, they'll ask me this uh, probably more this year than, than in past years. They'll ask me this question, Mark, do you think the end is near? Do you think these are the end times? Do you think Jesus is coming back? And sometimes they say it with kind of a fear. And my response is, I hope so. Because Jesus is coming back. And for now, there is time to own up to your sin, to come up to Jesus and receive him. Let's pray together. God, thank you for making it so simple that you came to save broken, sinful people. I pray that if anyone here is, is hearing this and, and they, they know in their hearts that they have never surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that tonight will be the night of their salvation. The night that they are saved from condemnation and death. And that they will walk up to the door and just knock and say, Jesus, please, save me. We're going to continue in worship. We'll just give you a moment to just sit and reflect. Come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let's just worship him.